Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a Gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a Gunsel is. And uh, typically a Gunsel is kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go and some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in but for us in the cowboy world we call them a gunsel but anyway don't be a gunsel is it's a website started to uh started with the working cowboy who has a sense of humor in mind and they also have line of merch that you can buy uh they got some hats and some stickers and uh, a coffee mug uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out. That'll help me out. And you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, Burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley, and we're burning daylight. All right, welcome burning daylight listeners. We got a very special guest on the show today. He, uh, the guy I don't know a whole lot about. He's a uh, kind of a man of mystery, but his Instagram page is cool as hell. He's uh, a fly fishing cowboy, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word. He has got pictures of himself fly fishing on horseback, and uh, he's got a couple bronc stomping photos and. Uh, well, he's a handsome fellow with a big voice and uh, really some good songs that I've found. So, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Sam McHugh. How are you today? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate your time. You bet. You bet. Now, you're, uh, you're a Montana cowboy, if I remember right. Born and raised, yeah. I'm, just, I'm from, from Montana. I, I live in northern Idaho now, up in Coeur d'Alene area. And, uh, home something awful but i go back just about every other weekend to go see family and and uh my horses and all that so <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what town were you born in i was born in missoula and then i went and moved to bozeman and then i lived in livingston and uh, gardner so kind of all over okay cool i i spent some time up in big sandy i spent a winter up there on the high line and uh oh, man. the bear paws and that is some beautiful 
country, but you've got to be tough to live up, live up there. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say you're automatically tougher than I am. I didn't make it very long. <laughs> I don't know. Those Highline boys are pretty tough up there, up north. They, they kind of like to fight, too, I have noticed. They, everybody thought I was a Texan because I had a, a hat that was bigger than Charlie Chaplin's. And they, they assumed I was a Texan, and they wanted to fight me for some reason. But uh, I, I had a good time up there. It was, uh, it was a good experience, and it was a good enough experience to know that I was not tough enough to live up there. And uh, I, probably, I probably better move down to a little more of a banana milk. I don't mind the cold, but that's I ran into a guy, I was in Helena a couple weeks back, and I ran into a guy from the High Line. I, I didn't know who he was, but kind of a similar situation. I was wearing, you know, wearing my hat, and he walks up to me, he goes, how many cows you own? And I looked at him, and he goes, excuse me? He goes, how many cows you own? <laughs> What's it to you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't walk into bars and walk up and get my belt up and go, how many cows you own, kiddo? <laughs> <laughs> I had the same type of deal. I was, yeah. uh, we were right before cabin season. We were probably about two weeks out from Kev's drop. And so we were kind of, all of us cowboys on that ranch, we uh, we were making a big last yahoo before, before we were kind of confined to the ranch. And uh, we went into Hatter's some bar in Haver, and uh, it was right around, it might have been uh, Valentine's Day, I can't remember for sure, but there was this big fellow that kept running into me, uh, I was I was standing there close to the bar, and he kept running into me, and there was plenty of space for him to go around, I just figured he was a drunk idiot, which he was, but every time he went to the, the bar to get a drink, he would run into me, and so then I got to where I just, I was kind of anticipating it, and uh, I, I said something a couple times or, uh, to him, and he closed the bar, dude, get over yourself. And, oh, okay, so then I just started elbowing him every time he'd try to try to run into me, and then he he got so dang drunk that, that he tried to run into me and bumped into somebody else, and that guy didn't take it very kindly. And then, so he's arguing with that guy, and at the same time, still trying to to like back into me. So I just started throwing elbows right into his kidney, and then he, he got a little <laughs> pissed off. And and I was I was not real excited about the situation because he was a big fella, and I, I'm not not a very big dude. And uh, but he had two whiskey cokes, and he said, uh, "Why are you elbowing me?" And I said, "Stop fucking running into me." And he said, the bar, get over yourself. And he said, you want to go? And I said, uh, you really want to fight me right now? You don't have you got a drink in each hand. How are you going to fight me? He, he kind of went cross-eyed, and I think his brain exploded a little bit. And, uh, and then he had a little buddy that kept chirping behind him. And uh, we ended up leaving, me and the guys with, because I didn't want to end up in jail or get just pounded on because we didn't know a single person in that bar. And uh, we ended up at another bar about a week later in Cleveland, Montana. I don't know if you know where that's at, but believe it or not, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for all the people who don't know Cleveland, Montana, it consists of a bar and a post office and a church, and maybe yeah, and maybe like three trailer houses. And the uh, the bar and the post office are in the same building. They just got a, bar, uh, a wood. Wood wall separate them. That's it. And 
we walk into this bar and it's pretty happening place. And the first person I see is that little tiny fella that that had gotten my face the week before, and he was still wanting to fight. And uh, one of uh, one of my buddies' uh, friends told me, he said, "Hey, just uh, don't fight dirty." Settler, I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I was like, man, I, <laughs> I was, uh, it was weird, you know. I, like, I could have just throttled the guy, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt him. I, really, I wasn't even all that mad at him. I was just, I, I was more confused by the situation than anything. <laughs> but I, I met some good people up there as well, and, I, and I've known, uh, I've known several through college, you know. There's, there's a lot of Montana folks that migrate down to Colorado State, and uh, so I met a lot of people through there. And uh, and I, I've got a I've got a, a pretty big respect for the state of Montana. It's uh, got all of us folks in the, the Western U.S. We kind of got to unite against the, the rest of the country. You know, we're uh, we're kind of a different breed out here. We're a little more independent, self-sufficient type folks, and. Uh, but because of that, we don't really uh, we don't really play well with others too well sometimes, and uh, <laughs> so that that's kind of a downfall of us. Well, and I and I and I think it's a lot of uh, that's kind of why I liked it, you know, Instagram and and sites like that because it kind of can can help people gain a little perspective uh, for other other ways of life, you know. Yeah, I, they're, and they're open to it. And sometimes they're not open to it and they can hide things and whatever. But I think, you know, when you see a picture of somebody, how they live their life, it gives you a little more empathy and perspective for that, you know, and um, it, it never before have we been able to see how, how people live that have, you know, wildly different lives than we lead, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, and it, it brings a reality to stuff and people want, something real and uh and so i think the more you can just show who you are the more people like it and that's that's why i started this show is you know i spend a lot of time by myself just me and my horse and i just i listen to stuff that i'm interested in and all that stuff that i listen to is real real people talking about what they believe and whether they're wrong or right i just i like listening to the real people and we don't we didn't have anything like that on on the western culture that was interesting you know you've got a lot of stuff and some of it's good but you know the more agriculture related it gets like the drier it gets you know it's just like market reports and, and very in-depth scientific discussions and, and that's important but you've got to make it relatable to people and explain why that matters and uh, and put put some entertaining on it 
So that's what I'm trying to do. And the response has been amazing. I mean, I, I've got just over 3,000 downloads as of last night. I've put out about 20 episodes. And uh, so, wow. so just, awesome. just steady, you know, and we, we get 1,000 likes on the Facebook page in, in like 10 days. Instagram, I'm still I'm still figuring it out, but I I've got a good plan of just knocking down people's doors. and got big followings until they they notice me or block me, and uh, eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there to a whole bunch of people. But in the meantime, I I just I like talking to cool people. I like telling my stories, and you know I always have these uh, these moments where I'll remember something during the day that'll make me laugh, and uh, and I was like, man, I wish I had somebody to tell that to. Well, now <laughs> I record it, and people people seem to like to listen, so it's it's pretty cool. I uh, I think we're uh, we're we're cashing in on a very uh, underused resource on as far as that uh, social media and agriculture and just the Western way of life. I think I think we can exploit the hell out of it and and give people a, you know a newfound respect for what we do and you know where their food comes from and and what it takes to get there. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's such a, you know, that's such an under, under-talked about topic because you look at um, the, the uh, what I like a lot about is, uh, you know, I, a lot of my family is, uh, some of them are beef, beef ranchers, you know, Angus. Yeah. And I laugh about people in the store that bitch about the price of beef. <laughs> because yeah. immediately all I can think about is well, it's a pretty, pretty tough winter in Nebraska. They lost a lot of beef out there. I mean, so you know, oh, if it yeah. takes a, a 13 cent hike on your ribeye, just know that that's going to somebody's livelihood. Oh, yeah. And you know, and then a couple of the, it wasn't this, this past winter was Nebraska, and the winter before it was the rest of the Great Plains, just like 75. Yeah. Uh, of the cattle on feed in the country were under snow for a week uh you know just a late spring uh blizzard and and people wonder why why the yeah their hamburgers cost so much now well there's a lot of a lot of cattle dead because uh because mother nature and and it's just part of the part of the lifestyle you can't control it you try to control it again for the so he runs the the red bluff uh, 
research station for Montana State University, and he's a very, very good friend of mine. He um, treats those cows like they're his own because he was raised on a ranch. He knows the struggle, and and you really can't do a good job unless you feel like, unless you feel personally invested in every single life that you care about there, right? Oh, yeah. And it was a tough winter. Just during calving season alone, I think it was 30 below for three days straight. And he was out there with a hairdryer, you know, keeping those calves warm. I mean, just oh, yeah. their ears. You know, but what part of his job is, 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 to, is to help, you know, inform the, uh, the university so they can inform you know, of, of just how things work. So he's always having people out and explaining what's going on and why they're doing certain things and just providing a lot of transparency to the process. Because if you yeah. had transparency, people just think their meat is coming from a feedlot. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, like one of the things, uh, Joe Rogan always talks up, uh, ethical and humanely raised and he's against the factory farm, which means he's against the feedlot. And, you know, he's, got these big pie in the sky deals where like organic farming save the world and grass-fed beef is, is where it's at and and if you want to eat grass-fed beef similar. more power to you but that that's not a sustainable bottle you can't right everybody can can run their own grass-fed cattle there is not enough grass in the world to do that so cool. eventually you're gonna have to confine them and feed them uh just so you can you can keep up with demand and in my personal opinion, you get a better cut of meat out. And I like Joe. I don't, uh, you know, I listen to his podcast. And I, oh, I love it. He's the king. With the, but with the grain I, of salt. Because, yeah. You know, I appreciate that he put the message out there about hunting and, and lean meat and all that stuff. But I think, he, I think he's becoming a little bit too idealistic. And that's, you know, going too far the other direction. Uh, I, I think so. And so one of my big goals this podcast to get a big enough reach to where Joe Rogan invites me on. I want to have this debate with him on using ethical, the word ethical uh, treatment of animals, because I, I don't see how, and especially like a true organic herd of, of cattle, how is it ethical to, you either have to cull a sick animal from your program or you have to let him die. Or, or just let him, let him. Hopefully, he gets better on his own. But most likely, they're going to die if you don't treat him. Well, how is that ethical to to, to meet a, a standard to get that organic label? I mean, that's just that's, right. Uh, yeah, no. If there was, if everything was grass fed, the the price of beef would be astronomical. And and to be oh man, perfect, to be perfectly honest with you, um, there's the, the people that work in those in those. Um, call them feedlots, you know, like Dodge City, any of those areas. The people that work there take a lot of pride in what they do, and they take a lot of pride and put a lot of effort oh, yeah. in animal, animal health, you know? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've i been in the feedlot for 10 years now, and it's a, it's a tough job. It's not it's not as glamorous as, as your ranch cowboy, which, you know, ranch life isn't as glamorous as portrayed in the movies, and... Uh, oh. And, uh, and I think we have to highlight that, too. Uh, it's like, hey, uh, you know, we, we hold ourselves up to this impossible ideal of, uh, you know, the American West. 
and and that ideal is just built by Hollywood. You know, there there's a there's some truth to it, but at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of dudes and and ladies just trying to make a living. And uh, on what's we're trying to make a living on what's left of the list. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and we're just people. You know, we make mistakes. We have a sense of humor. Uh, and there's characters just like there is everywhere else in the world. And that's kind of what I want to do with this is just highlight some characters and highlight how we're just real people. You know, we might have a little uh, different set of work ethic. Uh, we might have a little different set of uh, values and foundations. But in the day, we're just people, and we're we're trying to trying to do the best we can with what we got. And uh, we're about the one of the only industries that. Is necessary for people's survival that comes under constant attack, uh, and and so it, it's hard not to get callous and, and get your hackles up. Active, but you know, we've got to find a way to to combat that type of deal. And I I don't know what the best method is, but it seems like humor works pretty good. So I I try to make fun of myself or make fun of the you know. Here, as Dale Brisby says, you're super punchers, uh, <laughs> super cowboys. You know, I, I like to, I like to do that. Exactly. Uh, my my cousin was making fun of me for all my my tie strings, and I said, well, in the winter when I when it forms up enough to shed my 19,000 layers of clothing, I need about 10 tie ropes to keep them all on my saddle. So maybe make them back to the barn without losing. Them, so. And you know what? You gotta. You've got to be able to laugh at yourself. Oh yeah. You know that's something I don't see often. Like you're, like you, you know, probably those guys you met up in that bar. Ever. It's just you got to be able to laugh at yourself. Um, yeah. Because because that's the only thing under your control. You can't control what people say about you. I, you know, no. I used to. I used to run with this girl that uh, she would go out and ride her horse in her in her yard. And, but she'd get decked out to the nines, you know, and people would make fun of her. And she just got mad. <laughs> people were making fun of her pink shaps or whatever. And and I told her, I was like, you just got to be able to laugh at yourself. Because you can't control it. They're going to say. Just, just own so, it and embrace it. You're the, you're, the, yeah. you're the gaudy, you know, just blinged out chick and embrace it. You know, eventually yeah. people like, oh, yeah, that's just who she is. So when that gentleman asked me how many cows I owned in that bar in Helena, I looked at him and I said, well, can you really own a cow? You know, like just so <laughs> let's get, let's get deep here. Let's, let's get weird. I just had some fun with it because I was just laughing at my, I was laughing at him and making him laugh myself. But, yeah, you know, I just, you gotta, you just gotta take it all the time. Because I think oh, yeah. when because when people look inward and they see, they see what, what's going on out here in the West. They see all these people doing all these different kinds of things. They're looking for, they're looking for access. You know, they're looking for their, their entry point. And I think that should be through education. And I think people so. should just be able to see it, relate to it. Making a podcast, yeah. what a better way to help people relate to the industry. To just talk, let them hear conversations. Well, yeah, and I've, you know, I've got some people lined up because uh, I, one of the the big YouTube sites I, I follow is that 310 Ranch Life, and they're based out of the southeastern part of the U.S., which 
When you think of the cattle industry, very few people outside of the southeastern U.S. think of, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida as cattle country. There's a lot of cattle out there. Florida's tough cattle country, too, I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, then you watch some of those videos and you're like, well, shoot, there's some, uh, there's some or hands out there. They're, they're throwing some, some straight up buckaroo uh, type loops. Making it look real pretty, and it's like, well, I, I got to talk to these guys because I don't know anything about ranching in that part of the world. So I've got a couple of people that I'm gonna that I'm gonna visit with on the show, and just uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a hybrid type cowboy right now because I'm out here in the Great Basin uh, with all the buckaroos, but I grew up on the high plains and more of a Texas uh, style of uh cowboying and, and mentality where you're know, like let's let's get shit done now uh before it gets hot or before the wind kicks up or something like that where you know where the california where the buckaroo tradition kind of started is uh, the weather's perfect all the time so you got time to you got time to slow down and work on your horse and work on your fancy roping skills and uh and uh it's uh it's just a different type of cowboying but we're all doing the same thing and uh so I, I kind of I want to highlight that because you know there there's so many little intricacies within our our little world that that people have no idea about and and I've got a lot of feedback from people saying you know I like hearing about this and no idea that there was anything other than like rodeo cowboy well that's that's a whole different scene in itself and uh, so yeah, I those, I think those rodeo cowboys are insane oh man they they have just <laughs> Go, 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 and uh, I'm and it's funny to see a few of them this weekend or tomorrow night actually up in Livingston. Gonna go up there. I got tickets for the fourth. Uh, my wife and I we 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 try and go every year. Uh, it just doesn't feel like the fourth of July until I until you see some bull riding and then the lights go dark and you just start seeing fireworks shoot off and you hear all all those patriotic songs. That's fourth of July to me. Heck yeah, heck yeah. We're headed up to Bridgeport, California, and we're going to watch the fireworks show, and then they got a two-day ranch rodeo Friday and Saturday. And uh, I'm going to – I didn't get dinner. I didn't get a team together. I wanted to, but I haven't been on a ranch rodeo team in about three years. I've been slacking, but I'm going to get back into it. And uh, But I'm going to try to do a couple – couple little interviews just uh talk to some of the guys that are in it i know i know quite a few of them and uh it'll be a fun time but yeah that that that's america to me is just uh yeah it's just you know everybody's got their own stuff going on but you shut it down for for a weekend or whatever and you all get together you celebrate what this country was founded on which is freedom and liberty and uh you know self-ownership and uh and then you celebrate that, and you have a good time. And, and what better way to do it than celebrate cowboy style? And that's 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 the best way to do it, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool, um, cool small town traditions too. That you know, you just, like that just feels like home to me. I used to be, when I worked in, the, in Yellowstone National Park as a park ranger there for about five years. We'd get off and race up to Livingston from Gardner, Montana, and just race up there, go to the rodeo, go downtown, all the, all the pre- post rodeo parties, street dance, and all that, and then uh, at 
call. You know, and it was just, that's just that's it for me. That's the pinnacle. I could I could be on a lake. I could be on Fourth of July. That's where I'd want to be back there in Lincoln, oh, yeah. Montana. I agree. I I uh, for me, it's just, it's just something along those same lines. I don't have a particular place in mind, but if there's a good, you know, either rodeo or even better, a ranch rodeo. And then, yeah, just a, just a live band and a street dance, and uh, and that that's you know, and then a good fireworks show. That get the get the beer up flowing, get the music pumping, and uh, and just have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as long as they got Rainier and a long neck, I'm there. Oh man, you know, I uh, I started I bought some Rainier just because of that show Longmire, and I gotta oh, say, yeah. it's not a it's not a bad beer for a cheap beer i kind of enjoyed it i was i was always a keystone tours bike guy growing up and then then i went to college and got spoiled with all the the craft brew there in fort collins and, and so, <laughs> so i've expanded my taste a little bit but when it's a good hot summer day there's not much better than just an ice cold brew bike you know i know it's not a, a, a real beer but it sure tastes damn good we always keep it uh we keep it on ice in the tack compartment of our horse trailers so that, you know, when we go out on a 16, 17 mile ride or whatever, go up and then we got little lawn chairs that we just pull out of this trailer and we sit there yep. at the trailer in the shady part, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> and we just, and I, I, I tell you what, there's nothing better. And it's gotta be in a long neck. It's gotta be in a oh, yeah. glass bottle. Cause then yeah. you've got the puzzles under the, underneath the caps and you can solve the puzzle. Oh man. I haven't, I haven't worked out too. Uh, I haven't, I haven't experienced that. I'll have to go find me some reindeer long necks, but uh, that's that's the that's uh yeah. There's nothing better. Just ice cold beer after you've been uh you know you and your horse are both a little bit sweaty, a little bit tired. And, you know you yeah. kick off the, the saddle and uh, and just you know whether you hobble or just let them loose, whatever, let them graze, roll around, and then just kick back and drink a cold beer. That's uh. I usually I don't even have to tie my mare up. My main my main mare I call her my bottom bitch. She uh, yeah. <laughs> she uh, I don't have to tie her up. She I'm the pack. She sticks with the pack. That's me. So. Uh, Sam's bottom bee. I like it. Uh, That's her. Yeah, my 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 horses are all named off after Lonesome Dove characters. So my my good mare is Clara. <laughs> She's she's a pretty pretty woman, but she can be kind of a bitch. Uh, but she is uh she's the same way. She she ground ties, and you know I uh, if we're out some you know out in the open like that, I'll just I'll usually just put a halter on her and just let her drag the lead rope behind her, and she'll you know she'll uh she'll stand for me to catch her and, and no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, speaking of these street dances and live music. Uh, Tell me about this song, uh, Her Town, you've got on your YouTube page. I, I listened to it, and I was pretty, pretty good tune. Thanks. Yeah, I wrote that song about a year ago. Um, and I spent the last year out of the drawer, working on it, putting it back, you know. And uh, finally, I kind of got off my ass one day and finished her. Every time I finish a song, I like to record it, um, and I do a lot of that, but this time around I decided to set up some cameras during the process and, and live track it and get it, you know, help people kind of visually see it. You know, I think it's 
better than just looking at a picture or something um, when you're listening to something. And and uh, what I've gotten a really cool. It's about a you know it's about a very uh, a situation that was real you know or to a point you know. Yeah. Songs start with a real situation and. And I won't name names or, or na- even names of towns, but there are certain towns that I won't even uh, <laughs> that I won't even stop for gas in. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we've all got got stuff like that. You know, you you can get kind of territorial and uh, a little clickish at times, and uh, you know, and and sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's not. But you know, there I've, I've got those same same spots that I yeah. I'll, I'm I'm just gonna keep on cruising. Uh, yeah, just make sure you got a full tank and blow right by. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, I uh, I was kind of surprised we didn't have a whole lot of views on that video, so we're we're gonna have to change that. I tried to share it to my Instagram and Facebook, uh, but apparently Instagram's down right now. I'll, I'll get that, that up there and I'll put it out on the page because it really is a good song. I I enjoy the songwriting and. Uh, and you're, you know, musically, it was, it was spot on, and, and you got a hell of a voice, so, uh, that's, is that something you're going to pursue in the future, is, uh, is songwriting, is playing your music? I've always been a songwriter and a musician, and I, you know, I tried to be a park ranger for a while, and now I'm, I'm working for a company, online now, so I can work from home, goes to school here in Idaho, um, so that's it a good opportunity but music, music and songwriting has always been something I've I've felt the most confident in you know not to say that I'm an amazing songwriter or anything but that's where my passion was. Um, well I gotta uh, say you're you got a good start anyways thanks <laughs> from what I heard is it's pretty damn good and I, I consider myself kind of a music snob and uh, yeah. so I, I think I know good music when I hear it and I thought it was pretty dang good and my Facebook is performing a little better than the YouTube in some respects, I think. Oh, good. Well, I'll have, even, I'll have to follow you on Facebook, too. I, I, I didn't look. I just I saw your YouTube page. and uh, But yeah, we'll uh, just find we'll the same you. So. Cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll make sure and, uh, and get everybody to go check you out. And uh, you know, good you. luck with everything. Uh, you got to... Any gigs coming up or whatnot, if you want to plug them, go ahead. We are, uh, we don't have anything on the calendar right now. We're so we're building a, building a pretty solid digital presence. want to get in front of people. And, uh, you know, we've been playing gigs and stuff, and, and, uh, and it's fun. But I'm putting a band together. It's tough work, right? So we went into the studio. Uh, we went into a professional recording studio out here called Cider Mountain Recording. And that was about a month ago. We put together a really good demo of one of our songs. We're going to release that here soon. It's a, it's a, you know, we got a video going with it and everything. It was kind of the experience of us recording this song. It's my wife and I, we wrote this song together. Um, and it's called uh, Leave It Alone. And so um, I'll put that up on all of the, the channels here soon in about a week or so. Um, and then after that, we're going to, you know, that's it. I've got a full band. We're putting together so a little bit of steel guitar fiddle the whole the works so awesome going going old school with it i like it yeah well it's the heart and soul right oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. It's, it's not real country if you don't have a steel guitar and a fiddle in there somewhere. And uh, so I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Uh, if you would, send me that. Send me that Bird uh, Town song, and I'll, uh, I'll make that the featured song of the episode. Seems right. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, tell everybody where they can find you. I would probably better wrap it up. i got to get back to work here before too long. But uh, do all the plugs you want. And uh, Yeah, so people can find me on uh, Instagram at underscore Sam McHugh. And CCUE is the way spell my last name. And then on Facebook, it's just Sam McHugh Music. Um, you can find me on YouTube as well, just Sam McHugh. Uh, we've got a lot of songs up there. But um, in the Instagram, you know, we post a lot of pictures and videos of just, not just music, but life. Like you said, we go out and venture and ride horses and fish and, and explore what's left of the West. So. Perfect. Well, you know, I, I've enjoyed following you, and I've enjoyed this conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Likewise, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Uh, we'll have you back again. I, you know, if you got anything you need to promote in the future, you can get a hold of me, and you're you're welcome back on anytime. And uh, but for today, I think that's going to do it. Cause I got to get back to work. So uh, move your ass. I'm burning daylight. All right. Thanks, Sam. Have a good one. Have a happy 4th of July, and uh, be, be safe out there. Yeah, you as well. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Matt. You bet. All right, folks, that was Sam McHugh. Go give him a follow. Thanks for coming on, Sam. That was a lot of fun. We'll do it again, uh, and hopefully I'll have a little better audio on my side. So apologize about that, folks, but bear with me on this this adventure. I'm still learning. Uh, everybody go follow Sam on, uh, on Facebook, Sam McHugh Music, M-C-C-U-E, uh, on Instagram, at underscore Sam McHugh, and, uh, and then his, <clears throat> then his YouTube page as well, uh, Sam McHugh, so go, go find him and follow him, and, uh, yeah, give him some feedback, he's, he's a pretty cool guy, so, Go uh, go check out Don't Be a Gunsel and make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight for a ten percent off and uh, go buy some cool stuff. They are they're throwing in uh, their version of the MAGA hat uh, and a bumper sticker in the Fourth of July raffle. So thank you for that, Josh and Don't Be a Gunsel team. So uh, that being said, we're we're gonna get out of here. It's uh, it's been a long day, so. Um, you guys have a safe and happy Independence Day. Celebrate it the right way. And uh, go follow me on uh, Facebook, Matt McKinley. The Burning Daylight page on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at MickerMac85 on Twitter and Instagram. At Burning Daylight on Instagram for the show page. And at Burning Daylight 2 on Twitter. Uh, also, go. Uh, you can find my Patreon page. is uh, patreon.com forward slash Burning Daylight. Uh, if you would like to contribute, I've got a tier set up, and we'll do some bonus bonus content uh, for those who do. And uh, let's uh, let's have a just a wonderful holiday. Uh, stay safe, have fun, and uh, I'm gonna get so move your ass. We're burning daylight.
thought my heart was stuck And after one dance I thought I'd rode my last buck And I drove 40 miles between her house and mine Till I saw her silhouette next to a hat that looked just like mine Gas in her town. 